0: Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Algar
1: Productions.
0: Algar Productions.
1: You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. (music) Episode 260, covering Sacred Ground and Future's End, Part 1. With Kevin Lynch. Hi,
0: friends. Hi, Flonk. You are also a friend. I don't know why I addressed you separately there. I'm That's a friend. I mean, you're. You know, I, I'm. Anyone who goes through w- with me, what we just went through, Ugh. is more than a friend. We're we're like comrades now. We're, we've more been through some trauma.
2: Jesus. <laughs> we're like blood brothers. Yeah. We, like we've <laughs> been to war together. Yeah. Like we've been through United Vietnam United or possibly war. the Gulf War.
0: Yeah. Or Sacred Ground, which, oh
2: boy. We went through Sacred Ground, and then we also got involved in a heist to steal Sacred Ground so that we could retire like kings. <laughs> yeah. Not good. No. Well, I had mixed feelings. Really? You I was Sacred Ground? Yeah, I was really bored,
1: and then I got really mad at the end. Oh yeah, those I, are mixed feelings. I, I think it's safe to say
0: we're all very angry at this episode. Yeah. Oh. Let me tell you about it. So, strap in for what was almost certainly one of Matt's favorite Star Trek episodes. It was. This one has a hyper-religious anti-science culture and a bunch of old people. Matt's two favorite things. Would it help if I told you one of the old people is Estelle Costanza? No, that's weird. I was certain I remember her being a huge pull for any 90s TV show. You think it's a coincidence Seinfeld was the number one show in America and she was a regular guest performer on it? It most certainly was not. Estelle Mania made Beatle Mania look like Yahoo Serious Mania. (laughs) So anyway, the Voyager crew is taking some much-needed R&R after all those intensive seconds of actually heading in the direction of home. They're invited to a mysterious planet full of mysterious caves containing mysterious jerks who seem cool with them wandering around in their mysterious caves till Kes sticks her head in a hole that she shouldn't, even though there's absolutely nothing around saying don't stick your head in this hole. Seriously, if you invite people to your house and you don't say, please stay out of the spare bathroom, it's where our angry gods live, you can't be surprised if someone ends up inadvertently peeing on your angry gods. Peeing if you're lucky. <laughs> so the angry gods suck out Kess's I don't know, brain juice. Sure, the doctor tells us 17,000 times exactly what chemical blah blah peptides are affected, but does anybody really care? I'll no. answer for all of you, no. You don't care, and neither do I. Kate, being the badass that she is, even in a terrible episode, agrees to go through some pointless religious trials to save Cass, and she ends up learning that the real lesson is that religion is better than science, and to stop all this looking for answers and thinking for yourself. Which is a totally reasonable thing for any enlightened 24th century person to believe, but especially this enlightened 24th century person. Because if there are three words we'd all use to describe Kath Janeway, it's man of faith. I can't see how this interpretation of her would completely enrage either a casual fan of Voyager or a dedicated viewer. In fact, why would you even bring up rage? What a weird thing to say. You're weird. None of us are angry. Who gets angry at a TV show? That's absurd! I'm really glad we learned this week that the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is charted on iTunes, because I was seriously starting to wonder why the fuck I'm putting myself through this garbage of a show every week.
2: Welcome, new listeners! Yes, if you delve deep enough to find us on the new and notable page...
0: Okay. Uh, real quick. Yeah. The new and notable doesn't mean new or notable because we are entering year seven this year uh-huh. and we are, uh, we have done, including the supplementals, about 300 episodes. Yep. So <laughs> we are neither of those.
1: Brand things,
2: new. Al uh, shot me a, uh, a DM on Twitter as he is wont to do when we, con- when we converse going, hey, we're on new and notable. I'm like, yeah, new.
0: <laughs> what, what that is on, Netflix or on uh, iTunes, what that actually means is ratings. They don't call it that. But these are the top-rated comedy podcasts, and we are way the fuck down the list. We are literally number like one thousand. Mm. But and I don't know how many podcasts there are out there in the world, but I do know I run a couple of other comedy podcasts that aren't on the list, so it's not just a list of everything. Yep. So we placed, like we're on, we cracked the list. So H- that's great for cool. us. And I seriously, like, I joke a little in my summary, but I seriously was starting to wonder why? Why are we doing this? This is terrible. And then. We're starting to pick up a little traction, like, oh, okay, that's why. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. But we can't, for the sake of the new people maybe listening, we cannot pretend we like this, because it's terrible. <laughs> for the sake of the new people listening, go back and listen to some Next Generation episodes. Yeah, and yeah, some DS9, pretty good. or even, even some original series. Basically anything before Voyager. Yep. We liked all those ones more, more or less than we Just liked. Just don't listen this. to the man trap. Do me a favor. No, no. Start about episode five or six.
1: Yeah. And go from there.
0: Uh, but this one...
1: This was a fucking steaming turd. Oh my god,
2: let's let's discuss how steaming this turd was.
1: Okay, who wants to begin? (laughs) Well, me and Matt are like related, so whoever wants to go first. Uh, Flunk, you go ahead. You're the guest. All right. Uh, So, twice in this episode, Chuck says Janeway is acting out of character. Acknowledging your shitty writing does not make it okay. On top of that, in the extremely tedious final confrontation, Chakotay, the man of faith, is arguing for a more scientific approach. What the hell, Voyager? These are the most basic aspects of these characters. Get your shit together.
2: Yeah, like, if you were to describe Chakotay and Janeway in one line each, it would be, Woman who likes science and guy who believes in religious stuff. And guess what? It's really easy to figure out which one of those goes under which character. The thing is, you could do
0: a nice role reversal irony of, like, I've seen shows do this well. I've seen, like, episodes of The X-Files where Scully's science is challenged and Mulder's, like, you know, crazy, wacky belief system is challenged. Or I've seen, like, Lost did a lot of this, Flonk, as, as you well know.
1: Uh, Not yet, but yeah.
0: No, no, not not necessarily at the point where you're watching, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but you've seen the series before, so you know they get into this territory. Like it's possible to do good. Yeah, no, stories no, no, the man you...
1: of faith versus man of science conflict is 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 huge on that show and can make for very interesting television. Um, yeah, if you challenge someone's
0: case. no, 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 if you challenge someone's worldview and really explore the difference in philosophy and how people shift their their beliefs based on what they see, that could be cool. But that's not what happened here. No. not at all. So, I, I guess all of our bad things kind of complement each other. So, Matt, you go, go ahead and do yours.
2: I just like... This episode isn't... It's not just that this episode is out of character for Kate. It's out of character for Star Trek. The abiding philosophy seems to be ignore trying to discover things. Don't try. Don't be curious. Just sit down, shut up, and do what you're fucking told. And if you're being what you're being told sounds like a bad idea, oh, that's too bad. Ignore what your eyes and ears and your brain and everything you know from your entire life is telling you. And just fucking do it anyway. Because a bunch of assholes you've never met before had said so... And they must know better. Look how old and robe-wearing they are. (laughs) Don't look for answers. Don't analyze. Don't think. Just shut your fucking mouth and have faith. Fuck you. That's not Star Trek. That bullshit's here already. This is supposed to be... Star Trek's supposed to be better than that.
0: And my bad thing dovetails nicely with that, which is I'm tired of science fiction taking an anti-science stance. Stop teaching me that the lesson is
2: to abandon science and embrace religion. That's not what you're for. Like, DS9 walked a very, very fine line, and it did it very well, of walking between science and religion. Yeah, yeah, they
0: wanted to tell some stories about people with faith, and they managed to do it without saying, this is all magic
1: bullshit. Yeah, no, and like, you mentioned uh, Lost does magic bullshit. Uh, I think Battlestar Galactica did a good job with it, too. But, like, this they is did just, for a while, yeah. This is just not
0: at all good. The but thing like, is... Good, good, big, good science fiction that deals with big issues. This is a big issue. Mm-hmm. What, is religion real? Is God real? Are we, are we right to believe this stuff? And you can explore that stuff well if, you, if you're a good writer, but that's not what's happening here. But the
2: last ten minutes of this episode is just three old people sitting Kate down and chewing her out for trying, you know? Yeah. yeah. Thinking that she ha- that to, to do something, she has to succeed. You know? Or t- to accomplish something, she has to do something. And all she had to do was sit down shut up.
0: Yeah, get bit by a snake. Don't freak out that
1: you've been bitten by a snake. Just sit there and think about your snake bite.
2: What? No, none of that even matters. It's
1: yeah, like, yeah, no, that was, was all it? just bullshit because she thought that she had to uh, do some kind of trials yeah, to... Uh, uh, yeah, Actually, do we even talk about what, what happened?
0: No, I glossed <laughs> over that because it pissed me off, but let's, let's go into it.
1: Yeah, like, so... Ke- Nalux is like smelling around a uh, some kind of ancient artifact, and Kes gets because zapped it's by it. a uh,
2: fertility idol. Of course, of course he does. Of course he fucking does. Yeah. 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 Oh, this idol says we should have sex <laughs> right here oh, so in the cave.
0: Hey,
1: a hole. You know what that reminds me of? <sighs> um, but yeah, so Kes gets zapped and, and takes a nap, and Janeway has to figure out some way to to wake her up, and so she's like has to like go through some kind of trials to to. Appease the gods or whatever.
2: And by the way, these trials take about. I I looked the second time. They take about a half an hour of the episode. And yeah, in the end, it, it
1: didn't matter because she, like you said, she just had to just sit there quietly and not do anything mm-hmm. in the order to win. It was in her
0: all along.
2: Yep. Sit down. Were,
1: shut up.
0: So basically, what you're saying is, in this episode, there were way too many trials and not nearly enough tribulations.
2: No, <laughs> they didn't <more> tribulations.
0: <laughs> that really did.
2: <laughs> Even one tribulation would be fine. Yeah, I uh,
0: just. Like seriously that w- you guys are right that was the lesson. The lesson was like all this stuff you're studying like they seriously tried to study like okay well one person has gone into this portal to the angry gods before and maybe it's because their whatever levels were elevated or maybe it's cuz of this. No. No, it's cuz the
1: gods decided to wake her up. That's yep. all. Uh... And
2: what really bugs me is how fucking smug these assholes oh are, my God. you know? It would be fine
0: if they weren't right.
1: Yeah. But they're right. And okay. Yeah, the prophets the were kind of smug, but you know, it, it worked. It, Yeah. Yeah, but there,
0: There's a way to walk. And I can't believe I'm the one doing this, but we're none of us religious. And I feel like someone needs to speak up for people who are religious.
2: Religion is fine, but it's not really what you want from a science fiction show. I mean, that can work. Like there's plenty of like popular science fiction shows that also deal in religion. You know, we just spent like two years watching one. Yeah, but, but like, Star
0: Trek—the whole idea is the the power of human, like uh, like human. Uh Intellect to overcome adversity, and we can science our way out of problems. And yeah. the future is better because we have technology and because we figured shit out. Yeah. And this just kind of stuff. Like that's one part of Gene's vision. I like is that technology will make our lives better. And
1: even then, though, the show can't can't commit to that or, or do it correctly because um, there's the thing where where Janeway gets a little implant in her arm so that the doctor can monitor her while she's down doing doing her thing. Right, because they think like elevated levels of whatever yeah really, like might help. And then the the uh, uh, her her guide is like, "Oh yeah, we we used our technology to see your technology. You rely on technology too much. Yeah, <laughs> like Fuck you. It would make more sense if like like the cave had some kind of rocks that that glowed when when radio waves went through it or whatever, and they, like that's mm. how they found out. But instead, it's just yeah, we we scanned you with our scanners. You need to yeah. stop using scanners.
2: What? You guys, you're all so reliant on our, on your technology. That's what our technology is telling us anyway. Okay, Thank So you.
0: So the the general Starfleet policy is we don't directly, like, reveal ourselves to anyone who's pre-warp, right? Like, these guys have to be pretty advanced. Yeah. And yet they sit in caves and believe, like, just (laughs) blindly believe stuff that they're not allowed to question. Like, of course there are people here who believe that, but the entire planet doesn't believe it. Like, to to get to a certain point scientifically and culturally, Mm. you have to ask questions. You
2: can't—you
0: can't— get out of the dark ages. And if you don't start asking questions, well, So there's that
2: th- there's there's, there's, it, there's an indication of that there's like that guide that they made at the beginning of the episode who has no idea what any of this religion stuff is. He just works there.
0: Right. He was actually no, my
2: and... good thing. Cause I like his befuddled. I'm just trying to help you guys out, but I don't know anything about this bullshit.
0: Oh, is that the leader of the planet guy? Yeah, yeah I guess. Who looks like he's been, like, the uh, antagonist in, like, ten other Star Trek episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: take any magistrate that they've talked to over the last seven years, whatever, and and it's that guy. Yep. yep. Just give him a vagina nose. Although, Flonk, you pointed out he
0: was actually in an episode I liked. Yeah, he's the guy that fucked Just... a pine cone. Right. In uh, Tin Man. Yeah. Tam <laughs> Elbron, That was his name. I, I always remember those bad alien names. Tam Elbron. Uh Burlingham Rasmussen. Yes, Burlingham Rasmussen, of course. <laughs> um, Flunk,
1: what was your good thing? Uh, alright. Hang on, I have to scroll back up. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta I actually did find something that I, I liked it a lot. Um Voyager is a really neat looking ship. Uh I like Federation design a lot. I honestly don't think that there's been a bad looking ship. Um and specific to Voyager, the uh the moving naysails are pretty cool. Um I really like the bridge. It's uh, expansive. There's lots of room for action there. Elcars uh, is a nice-looking operating system. It sure is, Flunk. You, you know we're not doing the pilot, right? Sure is. Uh, it's well, really he wasn't here for the pilot. So the the All uniforms right,
2: are fair. pretty good. <laughs> uh, Star Trek as a concept is one I enjoy. Uh, uh, I think Harry got a haircut space. this week. Space is pretty awesome. There's yeah, there's like space. planets
1: and stars and stuff
2: a great opening credit sequence. Well, you know. It's all right. You're doing your best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're trying. That's the important thing, which is more than Lisa Klink did when she wrote this fucking episode.
2: Uh. Wow, Lisa Colonel Klink?
0: Yes. Lisa Colonel
2: Klink.
1: (laughs) The very same. (laughs) My good thing. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, no. uh, Matt, you mentioned that you wanted to go on Memory Alpha and, and watch the writers congratulate themselves on being so clever. Yep, and, and indeed uh, they did. Yeah. They sure did. And yeah, yeah, Lisa yeah. Klink is um just she's just one of the regular staff writers. Um, she's she's pretty hit or miss. You know, some are good, some are bad. It's all mm-hmm. pretty middle of yeah, the road stuff. A good DS nine, as as we found yeah. out. Yeah, and um, she wrote the the incredibly forgettable Remember, but uh, yeah. there was also uh, Tuvok the Babysitter and Resistance, whatever that is. It sounds like it was yep. good though. Uh, but Resistance? then Resistance, no, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, It was about
0: Mullity Rebels or something. We
2: thought it would be about uh, the Borg and it wasn't. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was that
0: the one where they went to the planet of Mullity Rebels and then Kate had to talk to the crazy guy about his daughter or something?
2: Oh, fuck, maybe. Uh, The
1: the, the Mary Alpha Summary just says In order to free her imprisoned crew members, Janeway accepts the help of a delusional resistance fighter. Yeah. Which is about as generic as you can get. Yeah. 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 Uh, But the story that they bought um, was from someone named Geo Cameron. Uh, this is the only thing I think that she's ever written. Um, she is a hereditary shaman priestess who lives in Scotland and works as an illustrator, graphic artist, uh, creates ritual objects and jewelry, and is teaching and guiding as a spiritual counselor, counselor and holistic life coach. Um, Memory Alpha also has a link to her website, which is defunct. Okay.
2: okay, so that is pretty much exactly what I what I expected from the writer of this episode.
0: Wait, what is her name? Uh, Geo Cameron. So, was it on Geo Cities?
2: <laughs> I would explain why it's not up anymore. Yeah,
0: that would. That made me laugh too hard. <laughs> that was not a good joke. I'm disappointed that you laughed at it. Which is, like, that's how self-hating a comedian I am.
2: How dare I you. tell a bad
0: joke, I don't want you to laugh at it. You tell me I'm bad, damn it. Yeah. Don't encourage that kind of
2: behavior. Don't encourage me.
0: Uh, so, the good, my good thing, I actually, like, for real, this is a real... Real good thing. Mm. Um, I say this because we've complained about this particular individual a lot. Uh, Robert Duncan McNeil, who yes. has since gone on to direct a lot of TV and stuff. Uh, this is his first, I believe, his first TV directing job. Definitely his first Voyager directing job. Apparently, Jonathan Frakes was lined up to direct this, and then he, he got read the, the call. script and bailed. <laughs> <laughs> no, he got he got the call for First Contact. He's like, "Fuck you, I'm doing features." Mm-hmm. That worked out well. But you, well, I did actually like he he directed well, that very well. This episode. I had problems with that movie, but. I thought he directed it very well. Mm-hmm. But um Robert Dung McNeil, like there's there's some bits that take place in some really shitty small sets that he does some decent stuff with, like some good camera. And I want to be clear, because he made some comments that are on Memory Alpha that he clearly missed the point of the episode. He has no clue what it's actually about. Oh, yeah,
2: no, I was reading uh I was reading the Memory Alpha article and all of his quotes seemed very I don't really actually know what happened in this episode.
0: No, it's it's very clear. But technically speaking purely on an interesting angles interesting lighting good use of close-ups type stuff like when she's in the room like what I think what I think of is taking a schwitz with the old people <laughs> like in a little sauna type room with them it's really that's what it is it's a small room with rock walls yeah. it really
2: feels like the uh the Seinfeld cast member that should be there is Kramer <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey buddy um but uh it, it just it feels like like He did a good job, like, there's some cool light stuff, there's some cool, like, everything in the room is dark except their face it looks kind of neat, and, like, there's a point where, I mean, it's the Planet Hell Caves, as Flonk pointed out earlier, mm. it just looks awful, but there's a point where Case going through these meaningless trials and spinning her wheels for an hour, yep. and uh, hour. Climbing, climbing what's supposed to be a really, like, big rock face, and it actually looked convincingly big, considering the caves are usually made out of paper mache, mm-hmm. so... I give him props. He's a decent visual director. Like, again, strictly technically speaking, yeah. camera and lights, not like like tone-wise.
1: I don't know which other episodes he directed, but I am looking forward to seeing him do something that's a little better as far yeah. as the script yeah, goes. But, Some I mean, I've, I've just,
0: I, we've noticed that with other uh, actors turned director like Frakes and Avery Brooks— where it's just luck of the draw, they get the episodes they get, yeah. And like Avery Brooks in particular, I remember being impressed by him being a very like actor-focused uh, uh, director. A lot of a lot of close-ups, a lot of like focusing on their body language and, mm-hmm. and the performance, and less on the the sets and stuff. And you know, it's interesting to see the character of a director, especially on a show with a house style. You know, like they can break away from that and do their own thing, and that's kind of cool. Uh nothing else in this episode was
2: cool. It sure isn't. Just
1: they start talking about oh no they do the fucking thing that i hate so much in real life where uh they start acting like science is a religion like oh you just believe in whatever your instruments tell you no it's a pr- it's something that can be proven it's not a yeah, leap of it, faith to believe in something that actually is is tactical in in your hands
0: no the whole point is that you ask questions, and if it doesn't make sense, you poke at it until it either makes sense or you come up with a better theory. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, you're not blindly believing anything; you're constantly adjusting what you believe to to fit the facts that are available. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's not a belief system. And
1: we're, no. we're we're concentrating a lot on the last ten minutes, but that's because the the first thirty were just so fucking well, I mean, boring.
2: Uh, the episode yeah, looked directly at about? us and said, the, the "This the doesn't matter." Doesn't matter like yeah.
0: No, they they basically said, yeah, so none of what you just did has any bearing on anything. Mm. So anyway, just not good.
2: Like, it's just like they put, you know, they put her in a coffin and, like, yeah. they make her paint on the wall and they strip her naked, which was, I don't know about you guys, I found that scene really, like, awkward and unsettling.
0: Yeah, like, dehumanizing, like just, she's in prison?
2: Yeah, exactly, where they just start whipping her clothes off and being all like, no, it's fine.
0: Yeah. She's covering herself. She's She's like, like, no, it's not. She's
2: like, please don't take my clothes off. And they're like, no, we're going to take your clothes off now. Oh, Okay,
0: fine. My my culture does not think this is okay. This is not cool where I'm from. Can you stop it?
2: (laughs) It, Listen, if we, if if you got the impression that we give a shit about what your culture thinks is okay, we'd like to apologize right now.
0: We don't. At all. Uh, I also don't understand why they're always shore leaving and visiting planets that clearly have like serious cultural differences to the point where someone could just die if they turn the corner wrong.
2: Yeah, seriously, why don't you guys go back to like a mall planet or something? I know you've been to like thousands of them. Malls but, are usually pretty safe.
0: But don't they do even the basic Ooh, amount of orange research? Julius! <laughs> don't they even do like the basic amount of research that would tell them like okay, this, these caves are sacred and maybe we shouldn't go here. No, they just go wherever. I'm not. I'm gonna. No, Neelix said it was an
1: okay planet to go on, but they're out of his region right now. He's just bullshitting.
0: Like, beside the fact that we think Neelix is useless, it's been three years, and we're way the fuck out of his like sphere of influence at this point.
2: I'm not gonna put blame on Cast falling into a coma on Voyager for walking around a cave that they were told they could walk around. No, like guys, if you have a deadly guardian of forever that like.
0: Put up a sign.
2: Yeah, a sign or, you know, like a velvet rope. That's what they're for. Or have
0: one of those useless guys who are hanging out in the cave maybe standing there to say, hey, don't go there.
2: Have some Halloween brand police tape. I don't know. I don't have to do your job for you. Yeah.
0: Uh, I also like, uh, as you guys pointed out, Neelix said it was a fertility thing. And my note here is that's like a Rorschach test. Yep. (laughs) Like, uh, Kess says it represents hope, and Neelix says it represents sex.
2: Well, he says it represents sex. It actually, He actually sees two dogs with their skulls bashed in. <laughs> oh, well.
0: There you go. I also like, there's we. I have a note in here that says there's zero tension here because I know this is going to work. And then Matt's note is, the only tension in this episode is the tension headache it's giving me.
2: I was pretty pleased with that. <laughs> I like when
0: we give each other little notes in here. It's, yep. it's nice.
2: Happens Keep, rarely, but... Uh...
0: Keeping the relationship interesting. Yep. Uh, anything else? Um, Let's We can see, talk about her guide to... for a minute. Okay. That's
2: something that'll oh, kill yeah. some time. She, the was guide. My, she was my good thing for about a minute, and then she's just got turned into the smuggest asshole ever. Well, yeah, it's... she represents
0: the whole problem we have with the episode, so of course we're going to hate her. It
1: starts with Kate, like, going into the cave and, like, looking for her guide, and then uh, a little Yoda starts, like, poking at her, and, mm-hmm. and it's so okay. obvious that she's the guide, but Kate's like, why? What, what, no, no, shut up, I'm waiting for somebody. Yeah,
2: yeah. Bu- we know how a- this works she's the guy supposed to meet with Yoda the great warrior
0: wars not make one great child Ugh. you guys both pointed out that she reminded you of Kai Wynn I didn't get that but uh, that's because she wasn't evil and Kai Wynn is all evil to me and you take that away and there's nothing left it's like okay. saying oh, she was a good du- Gul Dukat like what does that mean? the evil well, Demar. Du- cat. she was like a trustworthy Garrick. <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: Although she's like an interesting Neelix, <laughs> uh,
0: you could you could say she's like a, a, a religious uh, Janeway, though. Hmm. If we're talking could. about contradictory, oh, yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like
2: you could say that. Well, I'm not going to.
0: No, but the the bit we're doing here is things that contradict the character, mm. and like the one thing I like, she's she has honestly been my favorite character on the show, and. The main thing is because she's a science captain. Like we haven't seen that before, and she plays it really well. And they take the the thing I like the most about my favorite character and completely fuck it up.
2: Thanks for that. Yeah. Now it's just the end of the episode is like uh, uh, the Doctor explaining what happened in scientific terms to Cass, and you mm. just we just cut to uh, Janeway listening and just being all like, "That's not what happened. What happened was faith." I'm my like, soul. Fuck you. Yeah. You're a fucking scientist.
1: Yeah, God, that last scene was just fucking going on forever too, where yeah. where she's like she has to take Kess into the of forever, and Chakotay is arguing that she needs to you know scan it some more, and then there was another person there. I don't remember who it was, but there was a third party.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. It doesn't matter. It's one of In those episodes rest. where everyone's interchangeable. This, I mean. This could have been a fucking next gen episode, like one of those bad next gen episodes from season seven, like, yep. well, so completely interchangeable, like. But I'm what I'm saying is like, there's nothing here. No, no, this. I know.
1: It's just, who is in charge of season seven, next generation? Who's in charge of this show? Uh,
2: I know.
0: <laughs> I I am well aware, as we will see in the next episode.
2: This will blow their minds.
0: Ah, uh, he actually. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> any any further business Religion on this one first?
2: Star Trek. What? <laughs>
0: All right, I'm going to go with my quote now, Please which do. is one of the many uh, disparaging things when it's like, hey, why don't you go get this?
1: Fine. Don't embrace a thing. It's all the same to us. Go on back to your ship and play with your molecular micro scanner. Just,
0: just awful. Just uh,
1: shut up, lady. <sighs> it's so sinful.
0: Yeah. Shut up, lady. <laughs> all right. Let's press forward now. Please, let's do. Maybe the most generically titled Star Trek episode ever.
2: <laughs> the uh, the episode so generically titled, it's also the name of a generic DC Comics crossover. And a
0: line of dialogue in First Contact. Oh uh, yeah. Witness your future's end, Part
1: One. Fog <laughs> if you please. All right. So, Janeway's in her ready room practicing her tennis serve. Well, she says it's a tennis ball. It really looks more like a shaved koosh ball. Oh man, remember koosh balls? The '90s were great. But before Kate can break out the slap bracelets, red alert Voyager's under attack by a Federation ship? It's a one-man ship from the 29th century. Sometime in the near future, Voyager will... explode... time? And so Future Starfleet sent Captain Braxton to blow them up, I guess. I don't know. The point is, Voyager and the time ship get sucked into a time hole. It's also a space hole because the Voyagers return to Earth just 300 years too early. They detect the Tachyon, chrono whatever's from Braxton's, from Braxton's ship, so it's time for an away mission to 1996 Los Angeles. It's probably cheaper to film there than it is in San Francisco. Kate and Chuck are going because of Star Trek, and they're bringing along their expert in 1990s Earth, Thomas Eugene Wesley Rod Paris. I wonder if he's excited about Fuller House. But Best Friends Club is going to have to skip a meeting this week because Tuvok is coming too. But don't worry, Harold. Mom's going to leave you in charge while she's gone. Now the number for poison control is on the fridge, and don't call me unless it's an emergency. Bolanda, listen to your brother. He's in charge, even though you outrank him. The away team arrives on Venice Beach in 1996, a strange time from Earth's distant past. There's a Democrat president, a lesbian host of popular daytime talk show, a mediocre Batman movie is in theaters, and there's a Star Trek TV and movie series happening at the same time. Oh, how far we've come. <laughs> They trace the time juice back to Captain Braxton's shopping cart because he is now an old homeless man with a giant fake beard. Captain Braxton got there a few years years earlier, and his time ship was stolen by some dumb hippie. That dumb hippie is now Stan Sitwell, and he's used the 29th century technology to create an evil Apple computer called Chronoworks with an X. Man, the 90s were great. He's no dummy, though. He knows the smug future men will return to get their ship back, so he's, set, so he's funding a SETI project to look for intrepid class starships at Griffith Observatory, staffed entirely by one college intern. Her name is Rain. Man, the 90s were great. Rain sees the Voyager up there, so she turns on her speaking spell and makes first contact. Harold has a panic attack. While, Chuck and, while Kate and Chuck are investigating Braxton, Tom and Tuvok go to find out what Rain knows, but Sitwell's goons are already there to stop them. There's a lot of running and jumping, and eventually we get to the end where Janeway is in Sitwell's office having a growl-off. Then Harold flies the ship directly over one of the most populated parts of the country to beam Mom out of danger. But somehow in the process, Sitwell uh, kidnapped the doctor? Well, there's only one way to solve this mess. Mr. Worf, fire!
2: I actually learned more about this episode from you than I did watching it, so thanks for that.
1: <laughs> There's a lot going on. I skipped over a lot, too. <laughs> there
0: is, but, like, and really, I'll just jump into my bad thing. Oh, actually, no, I won't. Never mind. This is my good <laughs> thing. There's a lot going on, and when they just stop explaining and stop, like, setting the stage and actually just running around and doing the fish-out-of-water thing, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It just it takes them a really, like, I would say at least half of the episode is set up. And then the rest is punchline. And really, when you do an episode like this, you need to just... Yeah, just get like, to it, yeah. Like, yeah. we've we've used Trials of Tribulations as a good example before. Like, uh, time orb, whatever. This all happens in the teaser, and then we spend the whole episode in the past.
2: Yeah, let's just do this. Yeah,
0: like, fi- who cares? Even First Contact. Like, uh, the Borg have time travel now, whatever. Now we're uh, in the
2: past. time hold the, the, the Borg.
0: But we spend a whole act, like, explaining whatever. But when we actually see... Like, in their ridiculous costumes. Yes.
2: When they're walking around in their ridiculous costumes on uh, ridiculous 1996 Venice Beach and Mr. Sandman plays up.
0: (laughs) And they look at the the, uh, newspaper that someone threw away and, and, you know, so forth. But, you know, you got...
2: 1996 happens! Exclamation point. (laughs) Look,
0: all you really need to do is look at at those people on Venice Beach and you know 1996 is happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good God. You might as well have just had Poochie standing there, like uh, <laughs> doing the Macarena while watching Power Rangers. <laughs> Fucking nineties. Uh, uh, ah, yeah, yeah, the nineties were great.
2: Yeah. No,
0: no, they were not.
2: They were so nineties. They were you know. They were so, they were, ah. you know, uh, they were so Raven. Enjoyed this episode.
1: <laughs> did you enjoy this episode? No. Aw. Claude did. I did. My final note is sorry, Al. This is hella dumb but enjoyable.
0: But that's the thing. When it was dumb, I liked it. I like the dump. That's what that's my point when when they just like Braga co-wrote this with Braga Junior or Braju uh, Joe Minoski. Yeah, we got a
1: BJ this week. Yeah, Yeah, we sure did.
0: But it was like it spent so much time spinning its wheels and getting you there and not enough time having fun with it. They should have just like if they'd done more of that, I really would have enjoyed it more. I like the parts that did that. Like, and I I don't want to turn my good thing into a bitch fest because really when it was fun, it was a lot of fun. And like, I like pairing up Paris and Tuvok. Like, yeah, I haven't seen. That's a
1: fun
2: dream team.
0: Even, even when you're not doing a time travel episode, just in general, like those two haven't spent a lot of time together. They probably hate each other and that's fun.
1: Yeah. It doesn't make sense to, to bring the alien down to, down to ancient earth, but Tuvok wearing a do-rag is pretty funny. It is. (laughs) And then, yeah, like you said, the two of them play off each other really well.
2: They do. it just occurred to me, Tuvok does not get along with anyone except Janeway. No, I don't think that that's true. I think he
0: probably gets along with well, the Starfleet guys, but anyone involved with the Maquis.
1: Yeah, part of that is probably too, because like, he, he's the he's the man. He's he's their security chief.
2: He is the man. No one can take that from him.
0: I don't know. Worf like, had a really good relationship with all the people in his department.
2: Yeah, it was the one thing he was good at.
0: And he played poker with the senior officers, so they didn't hate him.
1: Yeah. So you he know. just
2: showed up one day. data invited him to be polite and he never went away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was scared to tell well, him. Well no, not. he had to win a game at some point. It was a matter of oh. honor. <laughs> oh
2: right.
0: right. And the rest of them were just happy to have someone there who lost every single time. Yeah. Yep. Riker's like, I don't like the guy, but he's sure terrible at poker, sure.
2: Well, yeah. I can't That's wait till good. this guy goes off to DS9.
0: Cisco's <laughs> like, Poker, what? No. Oh, he's really he's that bad? Yeah, maybe we'll start a game. I guess
2: we're <laughs> gonna start playing poker. Fucking I mean, bar open and starts having an, a, a poker night.
0: I mean, if there's one thing you can definitely not accuse Ben Sisko of doing, it's counting cards.
2: <laughs> one seven shit. Wait, what number is A?
0: I can't tell if I have a straight because I don't know. I don't know what what numbers after the next. Anyway, we're talking about all the other series and not this. One.
2: Yeah. What does that now, tell you?
0: Anyway, like, really, my good thing was when, when they did the fun stuff, it was a lot of fun. Like, yeah. for real. Legitimately fun.
1: Uh, Flunk, what was your good thing? Uh, well, both of the big-name guest stars were great, uh, even if only one was a name at the time. Um, everyone remembers this as the Sarah Silverman episode, but Bagley Jr. is yeah. also a lot of fun as an evil Steve Jobs who doesn't care about the environment. Oh, yeah, I don't think we mentioned Sarah Silverman yet. She
0: was Rain.
2: She, she's also my good thing. <laughs> Her so. name was Rain. We'll get to that in a minute.
0: Uh, well, I mean, in fairness, Richard Pryor's daughter is named Rain. Was she born Rain in the Pryor? 90s? Yeah, Rain Pryor. I, yeah. I think she was born in the 80s, but she would have been a kid in the 90s. Oh, there
2: you go. I mean, wasn't Richard Pryor dead by the 90s? When did Richard Pryor die? No,
0: he died in the 2000s. He suffered for did a he? long yeah, time. Yeah, he oh had, my yeah, yeah. God. He had MS, and he was in real bad shape for like 10 years. Oh, Jesus.
2: Yeah. Now, that explains I think... why I don't remember him, because he was probably yeah. out of public eye.
0: No, and, uh, no, he wasn't, because, uh, David Lynch put him in a movie after his speech was horribly slurred. <laughs> Thanks, David Lynch. Which was really, like, uh, uncomfortable. You know, I can't
2: act anymore because of the MS. No, it'll be great, Coop! <laughs> be in my movie! No, um, but, uh,
0: anyway. Yeah, there were really people named Rain, was my point.
2: Mm. Yeah, there was a Mortal Kombat character named Rain, so... <laughs> Now, as long were as we're talking about the '90s, let's. Uh... That, the
0: ban- remember when people would just go out into the street and yell "Mortal Kombat"?
2: I can't. I can't do the doodle. <headquarters> I watched
0: almost no television in the '90s, and shows like Voyager are part of the reason why.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like Should have been watching X Files, Al. Should have been watching X Files.
0: I watched some of X Files enough to know that it wasn't for me.
2: Should have watched the good episodes of X Files. I did.
0: I did watch the good episodes of X Files.
2: Well, I have nothing to say then.
0: All six of them.
2: Good day to you both.
1: I've no, never I, seen X Files. That's okay. Fuck no, it's very dated now. Yeah, I tried to watch it uh, earlier this year, actually, and uh,
0: yeah, sorry. There, there are some really good episodes. Like I, and that's not my kind of thing at all. I'm not into like the horror type thing at all. But uh, I, like, I think your tastes for that sort of thing are similar to mine. And I think you'd probably feel the same way that there's some standout. Like, when it doesn't take itself that seriously,
1: it's good. Yeah, there are a lot of Everyone's like, all right, we'll just get to this episode. and That's what it really takes off. And, mm, yeah, that was okay, that. I just, guess. Just watch a handpicked selection of the funny ones. Mm, yeah.
0: Those those are good. Uh, anyway. Um, but, yeah, the 90s, man. Yeah, they were great.
2: So great. Sarah Silverman so was,
0: what, like 20 years old in this or something? something. This yeah. was her first big uh, project, so. Yeah, mm.
2: and adorable. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, that's your good thing, right, Matt?
2: Yep. I, I'm a big Sarah Zillerman fan. I don't know what to tell you.
0: No, I'm not. I, you don't need to defend it. I'm just curious if you have more than. Although I could swear she's cute. I,
2: I didn't think this was the episode. For some reason, I just thought she was like she played like an alien future person, possibly I, in like a uniform. Although yeah, I pi- I, I pictured her in a Starfleet been, uniform. I will admit that may have been a wet dream I had back in like 1999. <laughs>
0: Sarah Silverman in, uh, in a Starfleet uniform, yeah. Yes,
2: yeah. pretty good, right? That's what I'm yeah. saying.
0: No, instead we get uh, George Costanza and Andy Dick.
2: Ugh.
0: Oh God, Damn. Andy, Andy
2: Dick. Oh yeah. man, that I, I forgot about that. We have to watch an episode with Andy Dick.
0: Yep. Should do I believe he's in the same episode as Barkley? Isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He plays funny. the next
1: uh, model EMH. Yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. God. Anyway, I think i just no, going to no.
2: watch news radio that week. <laughs> anyway, Sarah, Silverman's, Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman was like, "Janeway has a cane."
0: <laughs> there's another show that everyone talked about being great that I watched. It was like, I don't get it, but you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, definitely a '90s track. sitcom. It sure is. <laughs> also, it made me sad that that Phil Hartman was dead. But, yeah, yeah. yeah but
2: they sad. can never do news or radio now. <laughs>
0: What if they do Voyager? Or... Oh
1: god, that's what the new <laughs> series is. Yeah. Oh god.
0: Wouldn't it be um, Uh No, oh. they already did that. Uh, but anyway, the, the yeah. No, she was, she was. She uh, was. She was. She was cute. Like uh-huh. she was good, and uh, she was talking about how like she was a stand-up at this point, and all the offers she was getting were for sitcoms, and it was nice to have a character that. Maybe wasn't fully three-dimensional, but better than a sitcom character?
2: Yeah, she was supposed to play the white friend on uh, American Girl, the Margaret Cho uh, vehicle. Ah, well, there you go. That might not actually be true. I may have made that up, but uh, uh, it certainly uh, sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. That fits. She probably, I,
0: I assumed you were going to say on Friends, like, but they're all the white friend, man.
2: We're <laughs> the white friends.
0: Yes. On White Friends.
2: Yep.
1: Um, Flunk, what was your bad thing? Um, yeah. there is some really forced, cute banter with Tom and and Rain. It's like yeah. BJ watched West Wing and thought, yeah, I could do that, but didn't bother mm-hmm. to figure out if he actually could or if their actors could deliver it. There's the whole scene where, okay,
0: so she's a computer nerd because computer nerds were hot girls in the 90s, as we yeah, all that's remember. Yeah, that's
2: what hackers taught me. Yeah.
0: In fairness, I met some pretty hot girls on AOL in the 90s, but mm. that's, uh... <laughs> That's neither here nor there. No, she um she's into like old B movies, and Tom being into the 20th century, like all like, like all white guys in Star Trek are.
2: At least he's into a part of the 20th century that I can agree with for once, you know.
0: What the 50s? Yeah,
2: the 50s, 50s horror movies. Oh, well, I that's... care less about his love of
1: cars. He's also like dressed like Fonzie. It's yeah. um, it's uh, I don't remember when, but. Coming up soon, uh, he has a shuttle uh, a uh, a
2: holiday program
1: where he's got an old truck that he works on. Yeah, well, well I mean, he, he fucking does. He
0: worked on that old truck they found in the uh, the Amelia Earhart episode. Yeah, yep. he
2: worked on the truck while uh, Janeway sniffed the poo.
0: <laughs> and they all they all talked about uh, a key. What's a key? He, hate he also has
1: an old shuttle craft that he works on. It's Got mixed up there. Yeah, I know.
0: I, that's a Delta flyer, right? Yep. Yeah, you talking about the Delta flyer? I, I only know that because the door sound effect we now use on this show is the Delta Flyer. Ah.
2: I feel like so. the Delta Flyer should be what uh Neelix's Voyager uh newsletter is called. <laughs> no no, he's got a TV show. Don't forget, it's probably still happening. Ugh.
1: He is no longer new and notable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he was new. He was never notable. There there was a, back Please to the banter rate, review. <laughs>
0: The banter was pretty bad, like, because cause Tom's clearly hitting on her and like, hey, so you're into this, huh? Uh, uh. And then they do that wacky thing where Tuvok's like, we got to go. And suddenly she's interested
1: and now he's got to not be interested. And it was just not good. Yeah. No. yeah. And there's lots of really horrible puns that I'm not going to repeat, but they are all over Memory Alpha. Sure are.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Um, beginning of the episode starts with a, uh, the time shoot crashing in the woods. And the hippie sees it and goes far out. I'm so sick of that shit. Fuck you, hippie. Why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> <Now> <laughs> he also bad. turns on the radio and then starts banging on pots with sticks in the worst <laughs> drum solo I've ever seen.
0: Now, my bad thing is, it's, is a scene that's three or four minutes long, and Flonk yelled at me because it's not very much of the episode, but yours is way less. Yep, but I was way more angry about it than you. Oh, I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> we'll get there in a minute. I mean. Could not be more obvious that it's an old man wearing a hippie wig? Oh, yeah. It sure is. I mean, that's the thing about Ed Begley
0: Jr. is he's always been, like, 50 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, he's in uh, Spinal Tap in the early 80s, and he looks exactly the same age. As he did in like the fourth season of Arrested Development, which is the most recent thing I've seen him in, and he yep. still looks exactly the same. So yeah, he he is great though, as you pointed out, Flonk. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, he he really enjoyed Instead being that, a, a mustache twir- twirling villain,
2: 90s, yeah, company owning villain.
0: <laughs> yeah, trying to shut down the the youth basketball program to build his pollution factory.
2: Yeah, that also makes drugs.
0: Right. And if only our our basketball-playing dog could raise enough money to save the youth center. You mean Neelix? <laughs> There's no law in the book saying Neelix can't play basketball. No, there Mr. is. It's right, right here.
1: It in right it's now. in big, giant letters right on the cover.
0: <laughs> Except in the future, basketballs are covered in suction cups. <laughs> for some reason. They also
2: went back to using the uh, the peach basket for some reason.
0: Canadians love pointing out that they invented basketball we by sure way did. of peach baskets. Which is a thing that Americans don't know or care about. Peaches are from the the
2: South. South. If you guys had uh, a part of our heritage moments for your American history, you'd care.
0: No, I still don't think we would. I'm just happy that you don't have a weird different word for the letter X, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to make fun of this. You'd be like Chrono Works with a Zed.
2: Are you talking about Zex?
0: Yes. (laughs) No, that was the previous episode where uh, Neelix was talking about Zex. (laughs) I think it means Zex.
2: <laughs> well, of course you do, uh, Neelix. Of course you do. Uh,
0: I'd say you ruffle his hair, but you don't want to do that.
2: The nineties of this episode were very zextreme. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> Trying. Not- <laughs> so, what was the nineties thing in this episode? Would you guys say? Uh, would it be Chrono Works? Yeah.
2: Well, I, I mean, there's the establishing
1: that. shot of the of the boardwalk. Yeah, that's that's pretty nineties.
2: The uh, the guy rollerblading with a boombox attached to his head. Where he's got oh, the speakers got, like, yeah, on his like, shoulders? Beer, yeah. Like, yeah, like
1: speaker headphone kind of things.
2: Yeah, that was so 90s for something that I don't think ever happened in the 90s.
0: No, the thing is, all the, the boombox thing was big in the 80s, and it was a hack movie thing to point it out mm. in the 80s, and I guess they were still doing it in the 90s. Like, they did it in Star Trek IV, and it was already kind of played then, mm. where the, the punk had his boombox.
2: Fucking punks?
0: Yeah. Always with their ghetto blasters. That's
2: the the 90s thing about this episode is the fucking street punks, man.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, they were TV street punks, but, mm-hmm. you know. The thing is, there's so much this show does when they're not time traveling that comes off as 90s to me that <laughs> I didn't really notice.
2: You know what? I'll tell you what the most 90s thing was, was people getting chased by guys with guns in suits. Yeah. That's 90s as fuck.
0: Feel like you're watching a, like a like a time cop movie? I feel
2: like I'm watching every dramatic hour long show in the nineties.
0: Yeah. And some
2: episodes of the outer limits. Well there was a I gotta, there was a... I gotta stop David Hyde Pierce before he gets out of here with the serum <laughs> <laughs> that makes him invisible or whatever. He's gonna shut down our youth center.
0: There was um there was that dude that we all thought looked like he would be an OCP underling that was trying to stop the new RoboCop project and <laughs> yep. then be killed. Yes. <laughs> and then there was a cop who might as well have been the cop from Family Matters, but wasn't.
2: No, he should have been the cop from Family Like,
0: Matters. here's a middle-aged black dude with a mustache who's a yep. cop in, in California. Well, okay. Why don't you just make him that guy? hmm No. <laughs> that guy might be second banana to Urkel, but uh, he's too good for Voyager. Yeah.
2: Urkel, uh, however, not good, not too good for Voyager. If they'd what? ask, he would have been on in a minute.
1: Yeah, probably.
2: But Urkel mania had seized the nation.
1: <laughs> he would have uh, sent his one of his Urkel clones. Yes, he would or have sent bot or Stefan Urkel, or He
2: would have sent the Urkel bot with the personality of Stefan Urkel through his time machine. That all of this is true, by the way. This is all Family Matters canon
0: i am I'm, I'm peripherally aware I didn't watch it, but I'm aware uh, now let me ask you though, are any of those things stupider than some of the stuff Brandon Braga comes up nope. with? nope no, yeah, exactly, and that's at least played for comedy because it's 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 a funny Maybe show that's it's what supposed to be a funny show.
1: all the other family members disappeared too like Hercule was sacrificing them for his experiments
2: there's a uh, there's a key and peel sketch about that oh nice, yeah,
0: very nice um so my bad thing. And, Matt, you're going to have to back me up on this because Flonk won't and no one else will. (laughs) Remember how terrible past tense was? Nope. I sure do, Al. Thank you. What a piece of shit. There is a scene where, okay, so the, the dude... The 29th century, dude, and this is this is uh, get ready, like strap in for Enterprise, because hey, the future Federation comes back in time, but yeah. then it causes itself, which is yeah. also a time loop and a temporal cold war. Like it's not any of that, but it's basically the same kind of bullshit I'm I didn't sure like. Sure, some
1: book tied it all together. Actually,
0: the uh, the time cops book, the the Department of Temporal Investigations book, did a lot of that, and it wasn't terrible, but it's still. It, it feels like the same vibe like it's not the same exact thing but it's like the federation of the future is coming back in time but them coming back in time caused the thing that they're trying to stop at the first place
1: mm-hmm. but um uh, actually uh if you want uh, that's basically what my quote is if we hadn't fought him when he tried to destroy voyager he wouldn't have been pulled back in time his ship wouldn't have crash landed on earth and none of this would have happened
0: time travel since my first day on the job as a Starfleet captain, I swore I'd never let myself get caught in one of these godforsaken paradoxes. The future is the past, the past is the future. It all gives me a headache.
1: Oh, yeah. It's,
0: uh, that's, yeah. That's pretty solid. Um but uh okay, so the dude who tried to stop them is has now been in the past for thirty years, and he's got the fakest beard ever. Flong pointed that out <laughs> in the summary. Yeah. He he otherwise he looks like old biff. He looks yes. like old biff
1: found some hair and put it on his face. <laughs> and then uh, definitely a uh, like a, a prop homeless man coat and hat. Yep. Oh yeah. And so he's
0: he's in an alley and he's going on about how oh and they treat the homeless so badly in this time period. They put me in a in a institution and they gave me drugs. Oh, won't somebody do something? Shut up. I hated past tense. Yep. Felt like past tense part three. Yep. And Flunk pointed out, okay, yeah, it's only a five-minute yeah. scene, <laughs> but it's a Braga episode, so it felt like a 30-minute scene. Oh, man. That I
2: will give you. It absolutely felt like And like, there is
1: like, a lot of Braga explaining what's going on in that scene, too.
2: And again, and the there's the dude so walks much, around a car eight times, too. I,
1: in
0: fairness, the actor had, like, he was probably trying to do some wild gestures, and there's nowhere to go. Like, he's probably trying to look kind of mad. Yeah, yeah, he was trying no to be set, like, yeah. A manic. There's no set to
1: walk on, so, like, he's doing his best.
0: I did, like, the shot of
1: him uh, him and Janeway on either side of the car looking through it at each other. (laughs) The, um, again, fun premise that could have just been a stupid, fun
0: thing, but they spent so much time just, like, And then, as you pointed out, Flunk, at the end, they steal the doctor.
2: Yeah. Which, what?
1: what? Computers don't work like that that that's going to be a continuing problem too of of some hacker breaks into the voyager systems and steals their files or steals the doctor or like and
0: doesn't steal copies of them but no, actually
1: steals like, the files when i send this file to you i'm still going to have the file on my computer like no, they, yeah when they when they got you got guys
2: a, they, got they got him off got, napster <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> when
0: you when you guys dropbox me the copies of you know your audio for this episode it's not like your copies don't exist anymore nope you get the one copy that's it better not lose it because yeah. that's the only one careful uh, i i just what no and and his 1996 computer steals 20
1: of voyager's data what uh-huh yeah my, my phone has more had. memory than that computer has yeah, yeah this I'm, is back
2: when computers routinely had like like 80 megs or something on them
0: well, he mentions there must be three thousand gigabytes of information here. Yeah, you know, in here in 2016, we call that three terabytes. Mm-hmm. It's a fair amount, but it's not that much. All my TV shows are about that. Yep. I just like you know, there's a word for for three thousand gigabytes,
2: right? No, it was 1996. We couldn't even conceive of the idea of having that much data.
0: I suppose that's true.
2: You're some kind of magic future man. <laughs>
0: oh, uh, if I had to pick another bad thing, I stand by the one I picked. Mm. But they left Harry in charge. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sure
2: <it> did. <laughs> what? Oh, no. Oh, what do I do? Telephone.
0: And, you know, if they'd been on shore leave or something at a planet that was fine and they were just parked in orbit, sure, here's, here's a practice. Here's, like, the training wheels are still on. That's fine. But this is a very delicate mission where you're in the past and you don't want to get spotted and you don't want to screw anything up. And, like, Sure, we'll leave the baby
1: in charge. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes more sense to leave the alien up on the ship, not take him down to Earth. And also, Tupac is, be... like, third in command, so. Yeah, he would be a good,
0: like, acting commander. I don't know if he'd make a good captain, but he took over when they thought uh, Kate and Chuck were gone. Yep. And he could do it again. Uh, it, it reminded me of that bit at the opening of The Simpsons when you think Maggie's driving the car. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's Harry Kim in the captain's seat. Just waiting for him to honk the horn.
0: Yeah, no, he's dri- he's actually driving the car. Yeah. Who thought that was a good idea? Uh Just like, and, and as Flonk said in his summary, like, Belana is like, what?
2: Excuse me?
0: <laughs> Kirk left Scotty in charge all the time. Yep. Like, it's not unheard of to leave your chief engineer in charge. You have a good engineering team that can watch engineering yeah. while you're gone. And Yeah.
2: Well, once again, we learned that Harry Kim is the specialist boy.
0: How many ensigns do you think are on Voyager? Like, just the one. Yeah. Oh. Okay then.
2: He's the one ensign. I just like, everyone else has gotten
0: field promotions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's fair.
2: I don't know much about, about Voyager. Does he keep the ensign like is he just an ensign for seven years? Yep. That's so sad. He, I
1: was uh I was at a convention and uh he he uh, Garrett Wong told a story about how he asked for a promotion and uh Brandon Raga just goes, No, somebody has to be the ensign. <sighs> wow. Yeah poor bastard
0: i mean i get that that was his role
2: yeah but after seven years like yeah no it'd be nice to get you know another pip maybe or <laughs> also they pick I up mean, other pick people
1: him? too like like they're you know there's children coming on like they could be yeah. the ensign role and he could be yeah. you know like like I mean, the they... next like passing the torch like suddenly he's more you know confident in, in his role and, and he starts training the the next group
2: I mean, they almost gave Will Wheaton a promotion instead of, you know, money. So clearly it has some worth.
1: (laughs) I do like that story too, where he he tried to get a raise and they're like, no, "No, but what if we uh, make you lieutenant? He's like, well, that'd be good for Wesley, not so much for me. (laughs) I just, and then people are calling
0: him, sir. Yeah. And uh,
2: just. I'm in charge of someone.
0: No, you're not. You're so not. Uh, oh, you got Neelix watching TV. Yeah, Neelix is watching Passions. (laughs) No, 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 no. It was not Passions. It was like things were happening. (laughs) So angry at Passions.
2: Sure are a lot of good shows to watch on the UPN network. (laughs) Oh, look at that.
0: Homeboys from Outer Space. I thought you were going to say that other one. I would have bleeped you.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Damn right you don't.
2: Time for the WWF
1: Smackdown. What's over oh, the I, WB? Yeah, I thought you were gonna watch the
2: wwwb.
0: <laughs> God, I hate the nineties so much. They were I great.
2: Singing, dancing, frog to show up. I suppose.
0: Now, let me let me have some gogurt and go fucking inline skating at a. <laughs>
2: Look, God's it's yo Scam. extreme
1: yo-yos.
2: Ah, New from a, Duncan.
0: Who were the boy bands in the? Uh, oh, at a Spice Girls concert. There you go.
2: I'm going to go watch some Backstreet Boys.
0: No, see, I think that's, that's like late 90s, early
1: 2000s at that point. God, no, I don't know. Yeah, some yeah.
2: Some new kids on the block. See, that's not right either. Yeah, the yeah,
1: point is was... skip the 90s pretty much.
0: Yeah, that's why, like, Spice Girls. and Anyway, she'd
1: be all about girl power, mm-hmm. so, you know, there you go. 90s were I uh, you lot. horrible, uh, throaty uh, grunge singers. Your, your, your <laughs> Pearl Jams. Oh, yeah, your Pearls Jam. Yes. Your Sounds Garden
2: your
0: alice is in chain
2: we've come back in time to save kurt cobain we're a little late
0: yeah that's all right
2: and also a little um, too late to save kennedy which you know uh, uh Roddenberry was really oh, for. Gene.
0: yeah if only gene had been around a little longer he, he would have seen 11 22 63 <laughs> uh anyway that's all i got what about we have yeah, me to? too um, uh, I think that's it. Nah. A lot of lot of potential, a little disappointed, but there was still some fun stuff in there.
2: Yeah, it was fine. It really reminded me of how great the 90s were, right? <laughs> Pretty much. They were great. I kind of expected you guys to
0: gang up on me a little more on that, but Matt, you don't really seem uh, to fe- be feeling the 90s vibe this time.
2: I like <laughs> the 90s well enough. You also have next
1: week to 90s it up, so.
0: Yeah. D- okay. There'll be time then. Are Is there more? Like
1: explaining and crap, or do they have more fun? I don't it? remember. I I thought that um, I remembered everything from this episode and nothing from the second one, but it turns out um, it's it's actually pretty equal for what I remembered. So uh, I, mean, I, I, really, I I had a, I felt that or the way I remembered it was that it was typical next generation where part one was good and part two wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just more 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 of this. Lots of running and jumping
2: and and climbing trees. Yeah.
1: The thing is, if if the
0: first two thirds of it are just running around in the nineties, 90s, 90s-ing it up, that'd be fun. And then the last act could be, you know, solving the problems. I'd be fun. I'd be fine with that. That'd yeah. be fun. But I fear it's going to be a lot of explaining.
2: Yeah, that seems more likely.
0: We'll we'll see. I suppose. We will. Anyway, next uh, week on we Star will.
2: Trek Voyager. Oh, yeah, the doctor mentioned... gets to go outside next week, so that'll be oh, fun. Oh
1: right, yeah, because they stole him. Yeah. <laughs> Just stole the doctor. No, but this is where he gets his uh, his little mobile emitter. His oh. light bee. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be fun.
2: And then Harry Kim eats it. <laughs> I'm in charge.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just love Harry. Like in the in the show he's he just, you know, sits in the chair and, and looks grim and yeah. you know, does all normal captain stuff. But I love just Kate calls up Arbitious to check people. on her ship and like everything's on fire. <laughs>
2: Oh, jeez.
0: Yep. How is there a kitchen fire? Neelix is over watching TV.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
1: This, by I'm the way... to
2: make popcorn. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> also, a good week for my... Uh, my Kes's really boring argument. Uh, in both episodes, she takes a nap and watches TV. Yeah, well. But this isn't
0: Kes's fault. This is the writer's fault for not using Kess. Yep. It's a similar problem with Counselor Troy early in Next Gen, where it's like, you have a decent idea for a character and a decent actor and you're not
1: using them
2: yep should have sent her down to the down to earth that'd be cool
1: that could be cool yeah or she could something. wear her hair down and then Janeway could immediately take it up let no
0: no hair down glasses off
2: <laughs> there's still some light coming in under the door
0: have we tried up and on. Okay, Flunk. We mentioned Lost earlier.
1: Why don't you tell the fine people how to hear your thoughts about Lost? I have Ooh. thoughts about Lost, and you can find them at whyamiwatching.blogspot.com. I'm uh, putting up the season one finale uh, very soon um, tomorrow, probably by the time this goes up. And uh, oh yeah, and then uh, uh, in between seasons, I'm doing um, uh, movies that have a very tangential relationship, a, uh, a tedious link to coin a phrase. Uh, to Lost, um, so, uh, the, the Lost is about a show about people who have journeyed to a mysterious island, so the first movie I'm going to be reviewing is Journey <laughs> 2, The Mysterious Island, All right. and you can look forward to that in another week, and, uh, Excellent. yeah, here you go. I like making Excellent. dick jokes about
2: TV, you want. Well, who yeah. doesn't? Yeah, good times.
1: Have we mentioned Neelix's
0: genitals
2: this time? Because, <laughs> I mean, we did watch the episode, I don't know if it came up on the show. Uh, <laughs>
1: It's, it's coming like up have a soon. I, oh. um, there, there's an episode where they go into the future and you see Kes give birth. And um, yeah. without any spoilers, it just raises further questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Look forward to
0: that. So uh, let's see. Oh, uh, this is the thing I wanted to promote. Hmm. Uh, the weekend of the Emerald City Comic Con, which is April... <laughs> uh, April 7th. Seventh, thank you. Yeah, uh, that that the Friday of that weekend (laughs) we're doing a live show in Seattle. Um, The link will be on poststomachwar.com on our Facebook page and so forth. Uh, we'd love for you to come see us. We are not terribly near the convention center. If you are in town for the Emerald yeah. City Comic Con, you will have to take a cab or a bus or something, but it is worth it because mm-hmm. we will have like a bunch of people in from out of town. Flonk will be there. Brian will be there. A bunch of the people who have been on the show or you've heard us talk about will we'll be hanging out, and it should be a good time. We all get together once a year for this thing, and it's great anyway, and we're yep. doing a show uh, we also have a panel for uh, another thing at the at the con on that Saturday, but mm-hmm. we wanted something like the, the con is sold out, and we wanted to do something that everyone could see. Yes. So if you if you enjoy the show, come check us out. We'd, we'd really appreciate it. Be there, please do. Da-da-da-da. And that's all for now.
2: See you, folks. <laughs>
1: The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.